150 years ago, the Russian Empire was under the rule of Tsar Nikolai. Like Padre, who forgot that Yosef Atzadik had saved Egypt from a terrible famine, Nikolai forgot the great loyalty that the Yidden had displayed towards Russia during Napoleon's invasion and the crucial help provided by the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Schneer Zalman, which contributed so much to the Russian victory over the invading French forces. Only two years after he succeeded his father, Tsar Alexander, as the Emperor of Russia, Nikolai I issued his cruel decree concerning forced military service for Jews. The army in Russia at that time was not a citizen army. It consisted of the worst people who were forcibly thrust into the army. The upper classes were exempt from military service. Through this compulsory conscription in the draft, Tsar Nikolai hoped to not only degrade the Jews, but to russify them, to get them to abandon their heritage and become like Lahavdil, other Russians. Military service was not one or two years or even three years. It was for no less than 25 years. And conscription of Jewish recruits began at a very young age. Children of eight, nine, and ten years old were kidnapped on their way to Cheder or violently torn from their parents' arms. These young children were sent to distant camps far from a Jewish environment. No wonder that their parents often viewed them as lost, and their suffering was only surpassed by the suffering of their poor children. The tragedy was great indeed, but the boys had strong hearts. They remained loyal to their faith, and most of them returned to their homes and families as grown-ups. They were called Cantonisten. Having spent so many years away from home, these Cantonists came through the ordeal with a strong devotion to Yiddishkeit. And even though they were not as well learned as their brothers, their brothers looked upon them as true heroes. And this represented a failure of Nikolai's plan. When Nikolai saw that his wicked plan had indeed failed, he issued many other gazetas against the Yidden. Then the Tsar took aim at yeshivas and cheders, where Jewish kindelach were brought up as loyal Jews who would rather die than give up their religion. The plight of the Jews in Russia became world famous, so that the Jewish statesman Sir Moses Montefiore came to Petersburg and visited the Tsar and tried to influence him to change his ideas about the Jews of Russia. Now that the Tsar's wicked persecution of the Jews had attracted the attention of the outside world, he had to try and justify his cruel decrees. He claimed he merely wanted to educate the Jewish people and bring them closer to their Russian neighbors. But in his heart, he had one desire, to russify all of the Jews of Russia. The Jews opposed the Tsar's plans with all their might. At the head of the Russian Jews, who resisted all of the demands of the Tsar and his minister of education, Uvarov, 
were the famous Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch and Rabbi Itchiv They would have none of the schools that the Tsar wanted to compel Jewish children to attend, and they continued to spread the teachings of Taira and to strengthen the Amuna of all of the Jews in Russia. One day Tsar Nikolai summoned his ministers to a special session in the palace. He told them of his plan to shut down all yeshivas, all tamotaitas, all shuls, and to prohibit the Jews to observe and practice Yiddishkeit Rachmanelitzlan. It was two o'clock in the afternoon when the ministers had gathered at the royal palace to listen to the Tsar's wishes. They were given twelve hours in which to draw up the plan, and they were not allowed to leave the palace in that time. At two o'clock in the morning, said the Tsar, he would personally come in to pick up their plan. He told them that in the next room there was a table with plenty of food and drink. Having given his order, the Tsar turned around and walked out of the room. The ministers were speechless with fear. They knew that if they did not draw up a successful plan, the Tsar would not hesitate to send them all to a work camp in Siberia. The ministers could not think of food or drink until all the documents were drawn up. Ten hours later, at midnight, the documents were fully drawn up and they felt sure that the Tsar would be satisfied. Suddenly, they heard brisk steps in the corridor. They heard the guard present arms and the next moment the door was flung open and the Tsar entered the room. All of the ministers stood up at attention and waited to be addressed by the Tsar, but the Tsar said nothing. He went to the head of the table, he picked up their documents, he examined them, then he went around the table and picked up all of the minister's rough copy of the plans. Then, without a word, he walked to the fireplace within which there was a blazing fire, and to the minister's shock, he threw all of the papers into the fire, their working documents and their final draft. There was no longer any record of any of the work they had done, and they had no instructions. The Tsar turned around and left the room as quickly as he had come. The ministers were crushed. Finally, the minister of education, Uvarov, broke the silence. Gentlemen, he said, we have failed. The Tsar did not like our work. We will have to start all over again. We only have two hours. Each of the ministers was furious with the Tsar for having treated them so disrespectfully, but each one was afraid to say it out loud. After a few minutes of discussion, the ministers decided that there was no point in starting their work again until they would receive further instructions from the Tsar. They felt that they had already executed the Tsar's instructions to the letter only to see their work destroyed. They hoped that the Tsar would come back soon and give new instructions, so in the meantime, they went into the next room to eat and drink. The good wine and the rare delicacies improved their spirits, and for the next hour and a half, they thoroughly enjoyed themselves. Soon, the clock struck 2 a.m. They heard the Tsar approaching, the familiar clanking of arms in the hall as the guards stood to attention, and the next moment, 
The Tsar entered the room along with his assistant. I see you're all having a good time here, said the Tsar. I assume that means that you've successfully drawn up the plans. The ministers were bewildered. The Prime Minister mustered up his courage and said, Your Majesty, surely we are not expected to draw up new plans in such a short time. The Tsar had a puzzled expression on his face. What do you mean so short a time? I've given you twelve hours. But your majesty has burned our first attempt and left us only two hours for another one. We thought it was wiser to wait for further instructions before we started the project again, said the prime minister. The Tsar was furious. What are you talking about? I burned your plans? I haven't been in this room for twelve hours. I gave you specific instructions. You failed. I will have you all sent to Siberia. The ministers began talking at once. They promised the Tsar that he had visited them at midnight and burned all of the documents. The Tsar began to think that perhaps somebody had impersonated him. He summoned the guards and asked them whether they had seen anyone enter the room at midnight. The guards said, No, your majesty, only you. You came in at midnight and left about five minutes later. Are you sure you recognized me? said the Tsar. There can be no question about it, your majesty, said the captain of the guard. The Tsar left and called his assistant. You were with me all of the time, weren't you? Yes, your majesty. You had ordered me to stay with you until two o'clock when we would go and visit the ministers. But at a few minutes before midnight, your majesty dozed off in your armchair, so I left the room for about fifteen minutes. When I came back, you were still asleep. Finally, at 2 a.m., I went with you to the cabinet room to visit the ministers. That's all I know about this mystery. The Tsar was baffled. Finally, he looked up and said, It says in Tehillim, Behold, the guardian of Israel does not slumber or sleep. While I was asleep, God Almighty was watching over the Jews. I must have walked in my sleep, entered the room, and thrown all of the documents into the fire. I think I had best leave them there.